Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. I am so glad you're here. Otherwise, I'd be talking to myself. And today is one of those days where I could talk to myself. In fact, I have been talking to myself because today is one of those days where I am knee-deep. Can you be knee-deep in emails? I guess I should be up to my eyeballs in emails, but no, emails should go to the eyeballs. I don't know. I'm overwhelmed with emails, and some of the emails are complicated. And I was laughing my face off because it seemed to me that some of my emails were completely ridiculous and complicated. And then I realized, no, that's what you deal with every single day. You're just working so hard and so fast, you're not taking a step back and noticing the complexity of the work you do on behalf of clients. Does that make sense? Janine Laudenbach and I have been working on a rewrite of the Business of Design books. And a lot has changed, you know, since I launched the first book in 2010. And this is really a complete overhaul, totally different books. Now, don't panic if you have the current books. Everything in there is accurate and it will work for you. But in the last 20 years, I've learned a lot and we've streamlined some of the process. And I think we're able to deliver the information in a way that's more succinct, a little easier to digest. When the new books are ready, we will let you know. We've been working on some of the opening context for building a better business, building a stronger foundation for the business you run, right? The BOD 15, the 15-step project management strategy that so many of you subscribe to and we're grateful that you do, that runs projects. But taking a step back, we also have to know how to run the business. And that's the part we've been working on right now. One of the conundrums involves how to determine what your value is to the client. And I don't want to get into the woo-woo side of what your value is. I'm worth it. I need to raise my rates. I want to have concrete evidence, tangible and intangible evidence to point to that clearly articulates the value I bring to projects. That's important because how am I going to set fees if I don't know what those fees are paying for? So that value equation becomes really important and not at all fluffy or theory. As I was answering emails today, I was thinking about that. Do I give enough credence to the value I provide clients in light of the number of emails and the complexity of the questions that I get on a regular basis? And the answer is no. For years, I thought clients hired me because I designed beautiful rooms. I now believe that that's a lovely bonus and it's expected, and it's a given. Clients assume that. But actually, why they hire me is because the work I do is so complicated and dynamic and fast-paced, and the stakes are high. It's very expensive to renovate or decorate, and that makes the stakes 
very high. So I thought on this episode, it might be fun to just look at a few of the emails in my inbox today and see what we can learn about the value we bring to client projects. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to explore this a little bit. I'm so glad you're here. Look at this. I'm talking to you from the from the same city, more or less, Toronto. It's that yeah, time it's of year again. We, yeah, it's been, it's been a while since we're in the same time zone, especially. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm feeling it too because so many of the meetings that we have early in the morning when I'm in LA are just brutal. Like it is not uncommon for me to have a 5:30 a.m. meeting in in on PST because it's 8:30 in Toronto. So I'm kind of looking forward to a little sleeping in. Yeah, for sure. We still continue to use your calendar in EST, regardless of sort of where in the world you are. So right. sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. I was just thinking like, uh, you know, um, Raleigh has a new job, which is really exciting. And her boss, which is very unusual, doesn't work weekends. So she's like beyond excited. That's never in her. She's never had a job her entire career where her boss doesn't work you know, 24 seven. So she's like, I think I like it here. (laughs) Well, I hope you mean that as industry specific because none of our listeners should be working evenings and weekends. Oh, thank you. Yes. No, she's in the music (laughs) industry, not in the interior design. No, no. Do not work weekends. Do not work evenings. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But we're working now and we've got some announcements. What's happening at Business of Design? Uh, we are still focused on our BOD 15. Lots of questions coming in. We are doing the bootcamp version uh, throughout October, hitting up three locations, Toronto, Santa Monica, and Winchester. So one of the main questions that I'm getting is what can they expect to learn in the two days since oh. the 15 online version is like a 20 hour program, all the handouts, everything you need to implement. What can they expect in the intensive two days? Oh my gosh. Day one, you can expect your head to explode because we do cover a lot of territory. At day two, I find it all sinks in and everybody goes, oh, okay, it's all good. So it is intense. Uh, You can expect to know how to run a project from before the first phone call or that first client, you know, inquiry right down to the very last minute where it's big hugs all around and hopefully you have made a client for life. You can expect to meet peers in your community in most cases uh, who will who in fact probably will turn into trusted allies as you continue your journey through interior design that usually happens. People bond because we give pretty vulnerable. You know, we'll be talking about a situation that could happen in step four and somebody will tell a story and, you know, there's, you know, a lot of head nodding and assurances that you're not alone. We've all been there. So you can expect to meet a tribe of like-minded interior design professionals. Um, And you can expect to be completely ready to do things differently. So it's not theory and you're going to gear up to do things differently. You can walk out the door and be different in your business. And we have seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. So I'm excited about it. I always love this process to see the change and to see the penny drop when people go, oh, okay, I know why I'm running into that problem now. I don't have to do that anymore. And, and a lot of, you know, lots of assurances all around. So I'm, I really, I love the process. I'm looking forward to it. 
one of the conversations that I've had a lot, um, just because the, the BOD 15 is also available within membership and sort of what's the difference between the two. And the way I've sort of been explaining it is that it's sort of the, to learn the BOD 15 in two days is sort of the, you know, the bird's eye view, the overview, so that you have a very clear picture on what your future project should look like start to finish. Right. We have a lot of members who are either, they've already gone through the 15 um, online, but they're doing it slowly as they implement. So they don't necessarily know what project management looks like until they get it because they're taking step one as they're doing some new consultations. They're taking, watching the trade day videos as they're doing it. So and then we've got others who took the the two-day live and then are going back and doing that process. So mm-hmm. it's great to sort of have that overview of what every single project is going to look like and then also have the online access to take those steps as you're implementing them onto projects. Because I know I say this all the time, but projects don't happen in a month, right? right. They happen in six months, a year, two years if you're doing full builds, right? right. So to take... Um, the full BOD 15 uh, really quickly in any given month or October, if you're joining us live, um, but then not have a trade day for four months, right? not have a presentation for five months. Right. Um, it's really hard to retain because they are extremely detailed. Each one is not a single system. There's hundreds of systems that make up each oh, step. Yeah. And there's really critical systems or procedures within each individual step that if you miss that, things can go wrong. Right. So it's really great to have that overview so that you can map out an entire project and then also have the touch points as you're working through real projects in real time. Right. And to be able to ask a question about this is happening to me right this minute. What should I do? So that that's a lot of what happens as well, and then you know we take breaks. We'll have we'll have lunch, uh, we'll have a drink afterwards. There's a lot of bonding and sharing, and um, you know just really good information that's happening at those break times too. So I'm really looking forward to it. Toronto, Santa Monica, Winchester, sign up. Let me jump in with the with the official dates. Of course, all of this is on our website, businessofdesign.com. Um, but Toronto is happening October 4th and 5th, Santa Monica, October 11th and 12th, and then Winchester for those in the D.C. area on October 25th and 26th. Uh, early bird pricing is still happening for another month or so, uh, $21.95 currently. And then members are going to save an additional $200 on top of that. So head to the website, uh, read through the details. By all means, if you've got any questions, shoot me an email, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. Terrific. Thank you so much. Have a great week. You too. Business of Design is sponsored by Daniel House Club. Over the last year, Daniel House Club has helped interior design professionals save over $2.3 million in their furniture procurement. With Daniel House Club, Trade professionals like you and me no longer need to jump through hoops or remember hundreds of logins to profitably source from the brands we love most. Club members enjoy access to over 150 vendors at the best trade prices in the industry all in one place. Daniel House Club's mission is to be the quickest place for interior design professionals to find and buy what they are looking for. 
and it's fulfilling its mission. According to one member in Denver, the concierge is really helpful, and that's what sets them apart from everyone else. I've noticed even showrooms having a bit of a harder time when claims and damages come up, but DHC's concierge service cuts that time down significantly. Another member simply says, I could not pay someone to do what Daniel House Club does for me. They handle all the logistics after the purchase, which just makes it so easy. So sign up today and see for yourself. Visit danielhouse.club BOD for 50% off your membership. Okay, I'm going to look here at my email and where to... To start, let's let's do this one. This is kind of a typical email we might get from our millwork supplier, and I think it's going to be some questions around hardware. I love an email like this because there's no introduction, no "Hey, how are you?" Just the two six inches are for the garbage and drawer above. Question number one and question number two locations as drawn. Those are easy. I'm looking at the hardware drawing. Yes, the six inches are for the garbage and drawer above and the locations are as drawn. And then looking at the second page, location for the drawers centered in the height, location for the three paneled beverage wine fridge, and the ice machine is stainless steel so it will have its own pull. Yes, okay. So he's asking me about where to place the hardware. And I I just find it curious because there is a drawing. So I guess he's just, it's better to be safe than sorry, right? But essentially, no, we don't want the hardware centered in the height. We want the hardware at the upper one-third portion of the drawer. So it's not in the center of the drawer. It's actually above the center of the drawer. I think it looks better for composition's sake. I just think it's more interesting. And then the location of the three paneled beverage and wine fridges, those have to be located as per the drawing, which has already been approved by the electrician. So that's a note that has to go in there. And then, right, there is no hardware for the ice machine because it has a stainless steel pull. Page three, location centered in height. Nope, upper third of the drawer like the ones above. And then on page four... If I don't pay attention to an email like this, suddenly the holes are going to get screwed into the cabinetry and I'm not going to like how the hardware is placed. And that can be a real problem. So I'm I'm happy that the millwork supplier is double-checking everything and certainly we have made mistakes, so I'm not unhappy about that. But I'm reading this to you. It's only taking me a minute or two to read it, but to respond to it is going to take a lot more time. And this is a perfect example of the kind of email that you might dash off in the day and not log your time for. And the fact of the matter is the information that's going back and forth in these emails is critically important. So it's not about how much time it took me to read the email so much as it is about the time it takes me to slow down, pull out the drawings, review my answers before creating a detailed answer that I am positive he will understand. Make sense? That wasn't a hard one. I know. Come on, KS. You can do better than that. Let's see. I know what this is about. So this is about a backlit quartz bar that we are doing, a different, a different project than the last, which also had a bar. I like bars. 
you can make what you will of that remark. Uh, but this is about the backlit quartz. And then there's this acrylic feature within the bar. And it's super complicated because it's tight and there's a light fixture that's in the way. So we have to remove the light fixture in order to get the piece of the slab of the quartz installed, blah, blah, blah. So here's the first note. Wondering if you guys have a game plan set up with the stone guys and the electrician. My drawings were asking for the stone backsplash to be installed before us and also be perfectly plumb. My foreman just came to me to go over the order of operations on this one, and it's tricky. I think we could possibly install the cabinets before the backsplash, but then the heavy stone would need to be lifted over the cabinets and not scratch the painted gable, etc. I know the backlighting is tricky as to not have dark spots, so I'm not sure how you put cleats behind to attach the stone and not create the dark spots you want to avoid. I guess that part isn't for me to worry about, but I do want to make sure we do our part to make it as easy as possible and as good as possible for everyone. Let me know the game plan. Oh, game plan? <sighs> My game plan was to go to yoga in an hour, but I don't know. This seems a little bit complicated. And I'm going to refer to another email about the same situation from the stone fabricator who says, we would prefer to install the backsplash prior to the cabinet so we don't risk any damage. It also makes the installation a lot more simple. So once the backsplash and the cabinets are installed, we'll return to template the countertop. You know, right there, that's a thing that we remind clients about all the time. It's an area that used to trip us up. It looks like the project's almost done, right? The cabinets go in and the lighting is in and everything looks ready to go. And why can't you just plop the countertop on top of it all and be done? Well, because once the cabinets go in, then the stone fabricator has to come back and template. And they will not do that without the cabinets being in place. And it's really important that those measurements are exact. And what used to be maybe a six, seven day turnaround, seven business day turnaround has now become three to six weeks in our world. So that means the clients have cabinets, but they don't have a countertop to work on for up to two months. And it means that we have to go to the extra step, the extra trouble of having a plywood countertop made in the meantime, if the clients need to use the space. So I've got to dash off an email about that and make sure the contractor knows we want that plywood countertop created. I'm sure he does, but just double check. And then respond to the millwork company. This is going to take me a few minutes. Let's see what other goodies I can find in my inbox. Uh, you know, today looks like a millwork day. Bingo. I have got a more. I've got. Mm, well, this is not just millwork. It's also stone fabricator. Oh, the electrician's getting involved in the contractor. So this will be fun. It's a series of emails and I'm jumping in at what I believe is the beginning of the thread. No promises, of course. Um, this project, by the way, has been a ton of fun. We're renovating the entire house. And one of the rooms is what we have called 
or dubbed the Spirits Lounge. It's a bar. It's a different project than the last email I was talking about in the hardware. That was also a bar. I like bars. You can make what you will of that remark. Uh, But this is about the backlit quartz. And then there's this acrylic feature within the bar. And it's super complicated because it's tight and there's a light fixture that's in the way. So we have to remove the light fixture in order to get the piece of the slab of the quartz installed, blah, blah, blah. So here's the first note. Wondering if you guys have a game plan set up with the stone guys and the electrician. My drawings were asking for the stone backsplash to be installed before us and also be perfectly plumb. Perfectly plumb? Okay, that won't be a challenge, right? Perfectly plumb, that makes me a little bit nervous. My foreman just came to me to go over the order of operations on this one, and it's tricky. I think we could possibly install the cabinets before the backsplash, but then the heavy stone would need to be lifted over the cabinets and not scratch the painted gable, etc. Oh, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, that... No, that can't happen. Am I right? You just know that the cabinet will end up with a huge divot in it, and that's a disaster. It's a matte finish, so impossible. No, no, no. The email goes on to say, I know the backlighting is tricky as to not have dark spots, so I'm not sure how you put cleats behind to attach the stone and not create the dark spots you want to avoid. I guess that part isn't for me to worry about, but I do want to make sure we do our part to make it as easy as possible and as good as possible for everyone. Wow, that's an A-team member for you. Just checking someone is aware of the challenge that's coming up ahead, even though it's not my challenge. And the cleats. Okay. I hadn't thought of the cleats and how they were going to impact the lighting. To be honest, it's not something I actually want to think about. It's something I want to leave to my trades, but that's unrealistic, right? This is a challenging business and some days I get to do the fun things that I love and other days I get to answer emails that are slightly stressful. (laughs) Who am I kidding? I find this super stressful. Let's be honest. We're in it now though. Let's see how he finishes up the email. Let me know the game plan. Oh, game plan? My game plan was to go to yoga in an hour, but I don't know. This seems a little bit complicated. And I'm going to refer to another email about the same situation from the stone fabricator who says, we would prefer to install the backsplash prior to the cabinet so we don't risk any damage. It also makes the installation a lot more simple. So once the backsplash and the cabinets are installed, we'll return to template the countertop. You know, right there, that's a thing that we remind clients about all the time. It's an area that used to trip us up. It looks like the project's almost done, right? The cabinets go in and the lighting is in and everything looks ready to go. And why can't you just plop the countertop on top of it all and be done? Well, because once the cabinets go in, then the stone fabricator has to come back and template. And they will not do that without the cabinets being in place. And it's really important that those measurements are exact. And what used to be maybe a six, seven day turnaround, seven business day turnaround has now become three to six weeks in our world. So that means the clients have cabinets 
but they don't have a countertop to work on for up to two months. And it means that we have to go to the extra step, the extra trouble of having a plywood countertop made in the meantime if the clients need to use the space. So I've got to dash off an email about that and make sure the contractor knows we want that plywood countertop created. I'm sure he does, but just double check. And then respond to the millwork company about the timing of the installation of the quartz. Bye-bye yoga and hello keyboard. Okay. Okay, now I have another email from the stone fabricator, and he's asking, can you put us in touch with the electrician so we can determine what lighting he would like to use to backlight the backsplash? And is the countertop to be backlit too? Wait, no. No, the countertop is not backlit. Wow. Wait a minute. I, I didn't even think about that. That would be kind of cool, actually. No, but no, but the countertop is not even quartz. It is a leathered marble. It's black. Oh, it's going to be gorgeous. Stop the presses. I have to deal with this right now. Like I said, this isn't the best part of the job. I do think, though, it's necessary for me as the business owner sometimes to wade in deep and you know, get involved in these kinds of conversations because I learn so much. And then I have more information I can give clients when they are asking questions about why it takes so long to just drop on the countertop. Do you know what I mean? It's complicated and I can actually have language now to explain why it's complicated. The countertop is taking a while because we have to coordinate timing with the electrician, contractor, mill worker, and stone fabricator. Every one of those professionals has a set of drawings they want sign-offs on They want us to review the placement of the cleats. We have yet to review the seams. And I know we're going to get into a conversation about how all of this is going to get adhered to the wall so it doesn't come crashing down. And that's all challenging because it's backlit and you paid extra for that. So we want to make sure we get this right. For me, what's striking about this exercise of just reading a few random emails to you is the type of high stakes that is involved if you work in design. And you might say, you know, we don't handle the trades. That's fine. But if you do a kitchen or bath, this is a typical scenario you could find yourself in, right? The countertop question from the stone fabricator is a huge red flag. Should the countertop also be backlit? No, it's not even quartz. And if I'm not paying attention, what if I'd said instead, oh, that's such a cool idea, let's do it. And then he switches the material to quartz, which the client hasn't paid for. Now we have a problem. And you can see how quickly, in fact, I own a marble vanity trough. It's huge. It's like eight feet long, exactly for a reason like this, because I wasn't paying attention when I read an email. I missed a critical component that was just kind of hidden in the details. And when it came time to determine who was at fault, the answer is, well, it looks like I said, go for it. And I shouldn't have. So I have this seven and a half foot beautiful marble trough in my garage. Yikes. 
You can't afford to do that very often, right? So this is another one of those situations where something like that exactly might have happened. Probably the stone fabricator just had a you know brain fart and didn't think it through and knows darn well it's not quartz, but I better make sure. I'll be back to you. All right. Well, it's been an hour <laughs> since I recorded the beginning of this podcast uh, because I had to go to the drawings and come up with what I think are a couple of solutions. Now I'm being asked to choose between two options. Option number one, attach an LED strip lighting recessed into three-quarter inch plywood around the support required for the floating shelving and center the millwork circular panel. Then install plastic or some sort of translucent panel made with and mounted to the studs through the plywood with spacers to allow the light to reflect through. Now with that being said, are you able to adhere the slab to this panel? Also, how do you plan to adhere the stone as it would be best to prevent dark spots from cement or silicone adhesion? Or alternatively, install three-quarter inch plywood frame with TBD around the perimeter for the slab and around the center circular cutout for all the adhesion points. This would create a shadow border, a shadow border. So that would be dark spots when you want everything to shine through. So option number one sounds better, but this is over my pay grade and I will have to defer to the contractor and the stone fabricator. So I need to send them my thoughts and get their answers on this. This is just all in a day's work, right? These kinds of technical questions that get bandied back and forth between you and other trade professionals who maybe have more expertise in the subjects. But ultimately, your eyeballs are on the solution and you're looking for those moments where your design, what you've planned on behalf of the client could go off the rails. And that shadow around the entire backlit quartz backsplash is a perfect example. If I wasn't paying attention, we'd have a big dark shadow all the way around. And I know that wasn't our intention. That's not the look we're going for. I promised you three emails and I'm going to wrap up with an easy one. We're doing a landscape uh, project in the country and this is from the landscape architect. And she says, the magnolia tree is still in bloom. Can you believe it? The plants arrived today. It'll take us two days to plant them. They're going to add a few more lights. We'll be finishing the driveway square, paving, and granular as a finishing touch. I should have images of the driveway, granule, color options for your review shortly. So this is a perfect example of an email I would cut and paste into an update for a client. You know what I mean? You get an update from a trade and it's nearing the end of the week and we do our updates on Fridays usually, sometimes Thursdays. I would literally cut and paste this into an email for the clients and say, hey, I understand the magnolia tree is still in bloom. The plants have arrived, which is very exciting. It's going to take them two to three days to plant them. They're adding more lights. Um, I'll be selecting the um, gravel color for the driveway. Um, nothing for you to worry about. It's coming along. You should be really excited about coming up next weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing you on site. Boom, done. Thanks for letting me explore this idea to read three random emails. It is reminding me again 
that the work I do is complex, complicated, and I need to pay attention and make sure that I am tracking time for even just one email. You know what I mean? Thanks for taking this ride with me, you guys. Stay well. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.